G'day punters, welcome to the deep dive. Um, Pistol Pete and I will try and we'll try and give you something to take home out of the, the Caulfield meeting. In which, apart from say two races, the market had no idea what would happen. Uh, looking at the puntingform.com.au data, which is what Peter and I use, and you should be too. Um, you can clearly identify just by quickly looking at the review screen of the sectionals and all the other beautiful information for which they give you. That rails in run was not where you wanted to be on Saturday. Any horse that was rails in run, you can forgive or give a couple of lengths to however you review and do your form. Uh, some really like inconsistent times to the 600. Um, you just have to think if some of these guys are apprentices in WA, they might be sitting on the sides for three to six months. But because it's Victoria, we'll just let it keep going. But how you can go in one race... In race two, the slowest of all the races in the day. And then in race three, they increased by 20 lengths. 20 lengths, punters, is as like, extreme a figure as you can get. And you can go and see it's the same sort of jockey. So hard enough day as it was, but trying to predict an early race shape made it almost impossible. Um, I'd say, Pete, personally... The one bit of bet regret I had on the day was shot of Irish. Now, it's run a huge figure, but it backed up seven days off a heavy 10 performance or heavy nine. It just ticked every box. Mm. And it should have just been a bet. And I it's the only thing I went back and decided, how did you not How did you not find that, Jackie? Are you still sweet mentally? Do you need to have a freshen up, my boy? Do you want to answer That's that? Hard, <laughs> You? How do you read Caulfield? Oh, I didn't want to play. Like, I just there's something about wet tracks. Not if they're wet to begin with, but if it's wet conditions, I don't trust that anyone will have any idea of what they're doing. In which case, why would I bother forcing it? Like, if I've done the form for the day, and it means I don't bet, that's fine. Um, I think that the overwatering policy is affecting the way the tracks play. I can't back that up with any fact. This is my gut feel. But some of the sectional times are odd. And you, you, don't you feel like you just get to the top of the straight and you're just hoping your horse goes? Yeah, pretty much. But I think that's, and then that's like Some conditions. don't, some do. Yeah, it's, it's wet. It's cold. It's, you know, there was a bit of wind around. It was just inconsistent. It was shitty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, we found, if we find it shitty, well, surely jocks and horses, you know, not all horses, obviously. Some of them probably love it, but. A lot of them probably find it a bit shitty. And but if the day's not going, if it's not panning out how you thought it would, it's probably one of those where you just go, right, just pull the ripcord. If it means I don't have another bet all day, that's fine. Yeah, I think it's a good call. I thought that was a really interesting bit of um, dialogue. I got a little bit of it. I got some text and we also had a bit of it in the chat room. Um, saw a bit on Twitter. Like post-race tweeting, which shits me. But around the hangman race... And then I think it was Ed, maybe his name was, who came on, right? And this is just a pearl for anyone playing at home and for handling punting and your mental health. Hangman, we backed at, say, 350, Pete, was it? Yep. It started 250, right? So it's a huge go. It's a great bet. It went like shit. Mm. But it was a great bet. But it's still, at $2.50 in that field, more likely to lose than win. Yep. I think it was um, Thomas Edwards. He's, Tommy's been with us a little while now. and yeah, he's, well, he's that's, a, that's, It's so astute and it's important yeah. to 
to understand that, to, to ride out the bad runs. Yesterday at Ballarat, we also backed a horse. We took $8. It started something like $4, $4.50. It, it hemorrhaged. Huge go. Every other horse was soft, basically. It is still more likely to lose that race than win it just yeah. off a of test P. And when you understand that and, and deal with that and, and are coherent with that fact, it's, it's easier to handle the bad runs because you're still favorite to lose that race. It's just as long as you continue to beat SP, you make, you're, you're betting well. And over the journey... Yeah. Especially in those, those really big markets. If you're beating SP consistently in Victoria and New South Wales, I mean, that's, that's all you can ask mm. for, really. Yeah, your thing in um, race two or three? At- yeah, race two, the, the two-year-old. Yeah. It went off. Yeah. Like a frog in a sock, as you say. It's still more likely to lose that race than win it. And oh. you're just a pure victim if you think that, oh, Pete's got the last two to win, so this one's going to win two. That's, that probably means he's more likely for it to lose than win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the, the money... That was a great point for handling, handling the ups and downs of this game mentally. Yeah, understanding what's actually the true like, probability. Yeah, and you have a look at the cash late for Hangman. It's the last oh, half it's hour. $313,000 into a close of $2.54. Um, you know, the last probably, what, couple of minutes or so, last five minutes, 96000 yeah. Like It was just relentless. And Sosi Bonds won the race, but it was really just money traded backwards and forwards for that horse. Just on race six, they've gone pretty slow here. Um, considering the race, they've gone four lengths slow to the class and really just sort of hacked along. Not a great deal of intent there. I sort of thought, I thought this when I watched the race, I, sort of, I thought they would have gone really slow on the half. Mm. It just, it ruins form. It ruins, like, the way you read a race. Like, they've all, all horses peak Sectional is a six to the four in the race. So they've walked, they all just go bang and it's heavy ground. And if one of them turns it up, they're out. Instead of letting the horses build through its gears, just it's it's pretty frustrating. Um, we were so sub on last start, we weren't here. Of all the horses in the race, his six to the four was the slowest. Yep. There was, there was two others that were as slow but he's maintained just about that figure. So credit where credit is due, Tommy Stockdale is just slowly built into his work and got through the gears. It's a tiny factor. How much weight do you put on that when you do the form next start? This is part of the game and part of how tricky it is this time of year. Um, I think if the races won't run more genuine, if Hangman leads and just runs final sections of like even neat, like, Slow, slow sections, but it's consistent over the whole race. It's a different race. Um, I, I would, if I wasn't me and I was watching this and I wasn't on, I'd say I'm talking through my kick. So, you do you. That's me. Um, this sort of tempo makes the race pretty hard to trust going forward as well. Yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily that any of the the splits going home would be worth following in any great way either. Um, it's a pretty pretty gross race to review so you'd probably just fall back onto the sp and if hangman's ridden with a bit more intent next start uh as you said on slightly firmer ground if that's even possible here in victoria during the coming months um you'd have to yeah 
And, and again, it's a very common theme through the day is that the last 200 is often the worst 200, mm. regardless of, of how slow or fast they've gone. So like in the Hangman, in the hangman Sosibon race, they've gone extremely slow to the 600 yep. for that class of horse. Like Sosibon races in group ones. And they still run a really slow last 200. So that, that could be an indication via the clock that the track was quite poor in that last 200 metres. So that the whole track's not the exact same like uh, level of moisture. Yep. It's an outdoor sport. So another, another thing to look at. The four hot goes over the weekend that we're a part of was race three at Donald. This is the this is the most this yeah. is the most sickening one for me. Because this thing we backed at two thirty five and it started at dollar eighty hard in in fifteen minutes. Like that's not that's not Jack Dickens moving the market. That's the collective intelligence of the whole community mm. that wages upon ponies going, this thing's a fucking certainty. And how and does it, it stop run? What happens to it? Five or six wide. It still should have. It still should have won off what the market was doing. I thought it was the most brutal. Maybe the biggest go was Russian Camelot. Yeah. Um, and it and it justified the market support, but that's not the like. So th- four hot goes that we were on the right end of. Only one of them won. That's that's the game we're in. Mm. All right, Peter. What else should we talk about? Well, should we talk about Russian Camelot? You mentioned him just then. There was 1.21 million matched on the fair. And for Russian Camelot, it probably occupied oh, just under half of it. There was 419,000 matched in the last half hour of betting. But um, you know that move was sustained throughout the day. Uh, half an hour before the race, it was already into around that $2.90 mark. Basically closed huge, at the same level. Huge go away. Just relentless support. And the horse has ridden, to use that As we thought it would. just like the best horse in the race, so to speak. But I think the figures are more interesting out of the race than anything. And obviously there's been a lot of noise around the Melbourne Cup and the horse is now favourite for that event. Good luck to you if you're taking the price now. Um. It's run a figure of 8.9 above the all-average benchmark, which isn't elite. No. It's off an even tempo. Obviously, if it was a faster tempo... Uh, oh, the horse is running at an even tempo. The, the race itself was arguably a fast tempo, but it's not a particularly fast one, it must be said. Only 3.7 lengths fast for the class, which isn't great. And It's not to say the horse couldn't improve with a really genuine pace up front, but... It's got enough convictions in terms of getting into the gates and actually being sound jumping to cause a few issues if you're looking at it this far out. In terms of the splits going home, what's your thoughts in terms of 3,200 metres and then also being a Group 1 performer? I think that the horse is a beast. Uh, I thought I thought John Allen rode extremely well on Saturday. Didn't he? Um, yep. You know, we give it to him a bit, and often rightfully so. He rode outstanding on Saturday. Uh, I think that the the camp is flying, like, utterly airborne, mm. which gave me the confidence to push this horse as hard as I did because that setup's not great that it had, 1,600 to a 2,500-meter group one. But I think it's just a good platform to go away now, build, and come back. 
you're a sick, sick fuck if you're betting now into a Melbourne Cup or a Caulfield Cup or a Cox Plate. I was suggesting, like, I can't... Thursday was a long day for myself. And I can't remember which show it was, Little Birdie or our show. Well, they're both our shows, but I can't remember which one that I was talking about the Melbourne Cups. I'm just saying, like, I think that's where it might go. I'm not saying wager on it. I have no idea where it's going. Um, I think it's inoculated to go overseas at the same time. I don't know what, where it's going, but I, I reckon next preparation will be huge. It'll improve. It'll. Mm. I'm not. It only run an eight point nine, but I'm not worried about that. I, I think this horse is elite and will improve next preparation. And I'll just be excited to watch and see where it goes. Probably be a really good uh, opportunity to lay, lay it first up, because I, I just this will be a grand final horse, grand final camp. Yeah. Like it will be priced like it's fucking winks. Yeah, I think, say, compared with a um, Surprise Baby, I think Surprise Baby's got the runs on the board in a far stronger sense versus this horse. It's not to say this horse can't get to... Over a Melbourne Cup trip, though, yeah? Yeah, over over all trips. um, If they were both in a Cox Plate, in like this year's Cox Plate, I'd want to be with Russian Camelot. If they were both in the Melbourne Cup, I'd, I'd... Lease Darcy if I could and get as much cash. I'll get cash however I could and put on a surprise baby. That thing doesn't stop. It was 16 white and slaughtered in the Melbourne Cup and still probably should have won. Yep. There, there's no knock surprise baby at all. Yep. And definitely stays. So, like, the six to the four figure on Saturday in the derbies is two lengths below. It's not, it's not a huge figure. Like, mm. I think this horse is just a, a, an elite beast, and I prefer the elite beast over like the wait for age trips of a Cox Plate. That's fair. With it, with like just the elite brain of like Oliver, just putting it in the right spot on the on the race, getting on the camber at, at the Valley. I, I'd want Oliver to ride this horse at Mooney Valley. I wouldn't mind if John Allen rode this horse at Flemington. Too. That's another thing. Yep. Lots of uh, ifs and buts and hypotheticals, which don't interest me and probably don't interest our listeners that much either, Peter. But no. We're talking about it. Anything you want to follow out of the meeting? I yeah. thought the only horse to follow from the meeting was, um, was Chow- the Chowster's horse. Empoy was like drawn to be three or four wide and he said he sneaked it to the bat last the fucking fence. Um, uh, yep, it was. Paul's regret. Yep. Holy shit! What the? What was that right? So, as as stated at the start of the show, rails in run was the only only thing that's clearly, when you look at the data, the only thing that was definitely not suited was to be rails in run. Yep. And he's a horse that was snicked vigorously, that has good early speed to be last and inside on the fence. It was almost one of those where it was like, it was a fucking car crash. That's what it was, Peter. It was a car crash, mate, and I was on it. I was, I was I was a passenger in the cars, it, it crashing everything. I was going to say it, it was went like huge. A really smart ride that was actually incredibly stupid and made no sense whatsoever. But I actually saw probably three of three or four of them across the weekend where wide gate snick up the inside, thinking like, "Oh, we're going to save ground here" or something like that. Yeah, I'm not there, exactly there's sure a reason. Anything. There's a reason why it's easy to get to the fence and sneak up in sneak up runs along the fence. Yeah, because all the seniors are off it because it's yeah. slower, mate. There's no horses there because it's slower. Mm. 
He's riding really well, the little guy, and Poi. But that was just a really bad one, and I was with him on it. I was a passenger. Um, anyway, that's us. That's a deep dive. Uh, hopefully, we can get a little bit more excited next week for some good energy, for some good racing. Uh, Russian Camelot, obviously the horse to follow out of the out of the, the weekend. Probably won't see it again for a fair while. Um, I suspect they go to a Cox Plate instead of a Melbourne Cup. You'd gas it going to Melbourne Cup as opposed to a Cox Plate. Sounds like Peter's the other way. Um, anything else, Peter? Nah. Thank you, Pony Form. Thank you, Betfair. Goodbye, and uh, see you on Thursday, sneaky little Petey. <laughs>